read responsibly. The familiar King James Version of the text will be on the screen or in your hymnals on page 137. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they shall comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our epistle lesson for today is from 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 24. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. One who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. You are invited to stand together as we sing hymn 347, Spirit Song. Please remain standing for the gospel reading.
remain standing for the gospel lesson. John 10, verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Those of us, such as myself, who preach from the lectionary, the lectionary is a, a collection of three years of scripture. Um, there's an A year, B year, C year, and by preaching this way, we preach through the, the whole Bible. And in all of the three years of the lectionary, the fourth Sunday of Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday. <clears throat> Our gospel story this morning. It may be the the earliest image that the church has of Jesus. To be sure, the church knew Jesus as the good shepherd before they knew him as the crucified Lord. The image of Jesus carrying a, a lost lamb on his shoulders was an image embraced early by the people of God. The picture of Jesus carrying that lost sheep on his shoulder sounds very pastoral, sounds very cozy, but it holds much, much more than this. It tells us of the danger involved in shepherding. It tells us the danger of predators lying in wait to do sheep harm. It tells us of the danger involved of the, of the shepherd leaving a full flock of sheep with the exception of one, to go find that one that has strayed. So we don't need to romanticize the shepherd or domesticate it because the scriptures certainly do not. We're told that a shepherd, a good shepherd, would lay down his life to keep his flock safely. And we read that in Psalm 23 today. This psalm is attributed to King David before David was a king. He was a shepherd. And the Old Testament stories of David tell us about how he risked his life to make sure his flock was safe. He knew that it was his job to keep those sheep safe. And David knew very well that he was a sheep of God's flock and that God protected him. You know, one of the most powerful and comforting parts of a, of a memorial service or a, a funeral service is when the pastor is able to say, into your hands, merciful Savior, we commend your servant, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. It's because that we know our Lord is a good shepherd and that he will watch over us in this life and in the next. Now, honestly, I've never met a shepherd unless someone here were, will be one. I've never met, I've, I've met people who have sheep, but not a shepherd. And what I know about sheep, I've read. And what I've read 
is not very flattering about sheep. Um, it's almost like I read about sheep and it says sheep dumb as a rock beside of it. Now, I don't like labeling, even with animals. So it gave me great pleasure to finally find something positive about sheep. Preacher and theologian Barbara Brown Taylor gives sheep a little more credit than most. In her um, sermon, The Voice of the Shepherd, she says, I found out that it is cattle ranchers who are responsible for spreading disparaging remark remarks about sheep just because they don't behave like cows. You see, cows are herded from the rear by hooting cowboys and cracking whips. Sheep do not behave like that. Stand behind the sheep and make loud noises, and all the sheep will do is run around behind you. <laughs> you see, you push cows, but you lead sheep. Sheep want to be led. Now, to be sure, those who heard Jesus speak these words would have had a deep understanding of sheep and those who cared for them. Sheep and shepherds were commonplace in Jesus' day. It was the way peasants made a, a living. Owners kept sheep for years and years, not as meat, but as wool, uh, providers of wool. So shepherds were needed to watch the flock by day and night, protecting them from human and animal predators, and to protect the sheep from their tendency of wandering. The sheep grew to know the voice of the shepherd. If a stranger called out to them, they wouldn't go. But when the shepherd called their name, they would follow. Now, to be sure, some sheep were more endearing than others. Certainly, some followed more closely. But good shepherds showed the same care for scared sheep or lost sheep or mean sheep. The scripture assures us that and gives us hope that Christ the good shepherd promises to care for all sheep. The good shepherd protects the sheep even at the peril of his, of his own life. And we know that Jesus did that, giving his life to, on a cross. He gave willingly, like a shepherd with sheep. There's nothing that we can do to earn that grace and love. It is given to us freely and often in spite of ourselves. So what can we draw away from the scripture of a shepherd? What, what are the practical uh, things that we can look for in the way of the shepherd? And let me just start with saying that shepherds make sure the, the sheep don't go hungry and don't go thirsty. He makes sure they have clean water and good food, safe food, food essential for, for living and growing well. King David spoke of God providing food for the sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet, safe waters. He prepares a table before me. Jesus, the good shepherd, provides us with good food, each one of us. The first Sunday of each month, we receive the bread of grace and the cup of salvation. We're reminded in Holy Communion that the Good Shepherd leads his sheep, all of his sheep, to feed on food that is eternal. And we're also reminded that there is food in the world that is not as eternal, that it is fleeting, satisfying for a moment, but leaving us hungrier and thirstier. But the food Christ offers is eternal food. Jesus gives us food through means of grace, through our baptism, through Holy Communion, through prayer and fellowship with other believers, through reading and studying and praying the scriptures, through sharing ourselves with those who are hurting with unmet needs in their lives, through giving away the love that Christ has already given us. The way of the world is more of a fast food nutrition, if you will. And the food Christ offers us takes a lifetime 
to enjoy. Now, not only does the Good Shepherd provide food for our hunger and water for our thirst, he leads us in such a way that he helps us learn to trust him. The Good Shepherd instills trust in the sheep. Sheep follow their shepherd because they do trust him. They trust him with their very lives. Shepherd Jesus instills this kind of trust from us into him. And as we grow in relationship with Jesus, we better recognize his voice and our trust grows deeper. We learn to trust him to lead us in our life's journey. During my time as a pastor, I've heard many times folk wishing that, that God would give them explicit directions for their lives. That maybe they wanted it with the writing on the wall, so to speak. Now I know one, no one here has ever wanted that, I'm sure. But your pastor has, by the way. But you know what? Life is not about certainties, is it? It's about the ambiguities of life lived, through, lived in faith. <clears throat> the truth is, most of the time where we're going is mystery. Uh, but we have a good shepherd who will lead us to a place that is full, to a place that gives us meaning and purpose for life. A, a prayer that I've kept close to me over uh, my, my years as a disciple of Jesus is a prayer that was written by a Trappist monk, Thomas Merton. He never gave the, the prayer a title, but he said, this is a prayer anyone can pray. And it goes, My Lord and my God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think I'm following you does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have the desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Christ offers us food for our journey through means of grace. We learn to trust him more through means of grace like worship and compassion, devotion and justice. We can live abundantly through our waters of baptism, through our sustaining food of Holy Communion, through the community of the church that gathers. We're able to hear the Lord's voice and we're empowered to follow him. Now, our scripture also says something this morning that has been a quandary over the centuries from laity to learned theologians. In verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. I don't claim to know who the other sheep are, but what I do know is that there are sheep in the fold of Jesus that I do not know and who I might be surprised are in the fold. But this is what I know. We're not the gatekeepers. It's simple. It's not up to us who decides who is in and who's out. The good shepherd assures us that the other belong to him too and he'll bring them along in due course. The voice of Jesus reaches beyond our congregation. It reaches beyond our denomination. It reaches beyond our faith. So what are we to make of these other sheep who follow Jesus in other ways? 
and may not hear the voice of the good shepherd the same way that we do. Well, from what Jesus says in our gospel, he looks forward to drawing those sheep in two so there'll be one flock and one shepherd. One noted theologian tells a story about this sheep shepherd and um, this bringing along someone who we don't think might be in the flock. This theologian writes, his name was John. He was a mean old man, resentful and bitter. Someone said his bitterness was justified. His beloved wife died giving childbirth, and the child shortly died thereafter from complications. He had reason to be bitter. He never went to church, never had anything to do with anyone. When in his late 70s, they carried him out of his apartment and over to the hospital to die, no one visited, no one sent flowers. He went there to die alone. But then there was this nurse. Well, she wasn't a nurse, this theologian says. She's just a student. She was in training because she had not yet learned what they teach you in nursing school about necessity for detachment. And so this nurse in training befriended this mean old man. It had been so long since he had had a friend, he didn't know how to act. He told her, go away, leave me alone. She would try to smile, try to coax him to, to eat his jello, and at night she'd tuck him in. Don't need nobody to help me. Soon he grew too weak. He didn't have the strength to resist her, her kindness. And late at night after her regular duties were done, she'd pull up a chair and sit by his bed and hold his hand and sing songs to him. He looked at her uh, from the dimly lit room and wondered if he saw in her face that little one whom he never got to see as an adult. When she kissed him goodnight, for the first time in 40 or 50 years, the old man said, God bless you. As she left the room, before he slipped away into the dark valley, the last words that that mean old man heard were of goodness and mercy following him. Goodness and mercy offered by one who knew the good shepherd and whom the shepherd knew. The nurse knew she wasn't the gatekeeper. She wasn't the one who decided who's in and who's out. But because she knew the good shepherd and he knew her by name, she was compelled to share her love with him. It reminds me of the um, Barbara Bush's funeral yesterday. I didn't get to see all of it, but I heard her priest say something. And the priest said, Barbara Bush was not someone who drew lines to keep people out. She was someone who drew circles to bring people in. The good news of the good shepherd is that his goodness and mercy is not only for us who know we are safe in his fold, but he is also good to those who are considered other. Today, we may claim those words of the good shepherd who said, my sheep know my voice and, and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them from my hand. Now to be sure, like all good sheep, we go astray, don't we? We sort of nibble our way lost. There are many voices calling out for our attention and we can get lost in these. There are many ravines in the in the journey of life that we can find ourselves in. But Jesus promises that he will never let us go, that we belong to him. 
We belong to him, and we belong to him. And those who are known only by Jesus are also known to him, being drawn into the flock. Let us pray. Good shepherd, give us courage to follow you, to care for all those that are close to us and those who are estranged from us. Help us protect those who are threatened and welcome those who are rejected, to forgive those who are burdened by guilt, to heal those who are broken and sick. Help us share with those who have little or nothing and to take the time to really know one another. Good Shepherd, embolden us to follow you to spread compassion to those who are missing from our church community and to take time to recognize how connected we are to all people everywhere and to love as you have loved. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our good and loving shepherd, he who reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. And all of God's good people said, Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand in posture or in spirit as we sing our final hymn, hymn 133, or the text.